us, the believers. And now just to be sure, we must not, not forget that the Catechism in Lorsay 26 and 27 does not speak on behalf of or about everyone who is baptized. Reading a whole Heidelberg Catechism, and therefore also Lord's Day 26 and 27, it is very important that you keep in mind that every answer to, upon the questions of the Catechism is given by those who already, in the, the answer to question one, from the heart, confess that they belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to their faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, and that he, with his spirit, is making them heartily willing and ready to live unto him. With the previous Lord's Day, we confess that Christ instituted baptism to signify, to remind us of the washing away of our sins by the precious blood and spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we also confess that because we are often people of little faith, that the sacrament of baptism also seals, also assures us of our washing by the blood of Jesus Christ in order to strengthen our faith. We confess that being washed with the blood and spirit of Christ means that we have complete forgiveness of all of our sins. That being washed with Christ's spirit means that Christ's spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, all throughout our lives continues to renew us makes us more and more holy so that we are able to more and more live into God's glory. Now, confessing all this, there is no doubt that we all believe that the sacrament of baptism has a rich and a comforting meaning. But it's good to be reminded that it only can have this rich and comforting meaning for us if we have the correct biblical understanding of that sacrament. If we do not understand our baptism correctly, then we can quite easily fall into the same trap that so many people have fallen into and start believing things about baptism that are not true. That can only, and that can only result in, in losing the comfort and the assurance that the sacrament of baptism is supposed to give us. So let us therefore listen to the teaching of the Word of God about baptism as it is summarized in Lord's Day 27 of our catechism under the team. With the catechism we confess the biblical meaningfulness in, in your bulletin that says meaning. I meant that to be meaningfulness of baptism. So with the baptism we confess the biblical meaningfulness of baptism. And then we confess that baptism does not save. And we confess that baptism is never meaningless. So first we confess that baptism does not save. Question 72 asks, does this outward washing with water itself wash away sins? And with this question, our catechism addresses the wrong teaching of the time in which the catechism was written. In the first place, it addresses the teaching of the Roman Catholic Church which taught that with baptism, with the outward washing with water itself, original sin, that means our sinfulness, is immediately washed away by the blood of Christ. And that therefore, 
everyone by that outward washing with water is born again. And that is why according to this teaching of the Roman Catholic Church, baptism is not just a sign, but it is a necessary means to salvation. And so until very recently, the Roman Catholic Church taught, for example, that a baby who died before it was baptized could not ever go to heaven. And since it is a little bit cruel to put those just newborn babies into hell, they had invented the Limbus Infantum, which is supposed to be a place on the fringes of hell where those unbaptized little babies was to be for all eternity. Because they weren't baptized, they weren't born again. It's not what the Roman Catholic Church teaches anymore. As a result of a study ordered by Pope John Paul II in 2004, Pope Benedict XVI rescinded that teaching in 2007 by stating that that was a restrictive view of salvation and that it is reasonable to hope that the souls of the unbaptized infants are admitted to heaven by a merciful God. We may hope that, but we don't know anything for sure. But the Roman Catholic Church still teaches that by baptism, by the outward washing, the, the original sin, our sinfulness, is immediately atoned for. It's immediately washed away. And we're born again. By an act, by the act, very act of baptism, grace is infused, it teaches. That can, of course, not be true. It cannot be true because it is not what the Bible teaches. And so in answer to question 72 of our catechism, does the outward washing with water itself wash away sins? The answer is very short and, and sobering. It says no. No, only the blood of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit can wash, can cleanse us from all sins. Now, as we saw in the previous Lord's Day, both sacraments, baptism and the Holy Supper, are signs and seals, which means that they are reminders and assurances to those who are saved of the work that Christ accomplished for them. They are reminders and assurances. That is what you need to thank when you hear those terms from signs and seals. They are reminders and assurances. The work that Christ has done to you. In the time that the Catechism was written, the Roman Catholic theologians objected against the Reformed teaching by pointing to Ephesians 5, verse 26 and Titus 3, verse 5, where according to them the inspired Apostle Paul, therefore the Holy Spirit, called baptism the washing away of regeneration and the washing away of sin. And that's where the next question, question and answer 73, is all about. But a close reading of both of those passages will reveal very quickly that with both washings mentioned in these passages, that they both point to the inward grace worked by Christ, and of which the washing of water is then a representative sign. 
the Apostle Paul is using in those passages figurative speech, a figure of speech. And it's therefore that we confess with the Catechism that God, the Holy Spirit, speaks this way, it says in the Catechism, for a good reason. And the good reason is that in 1 Peter 3, verse 21, the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Peter, teaches that the washing with water symbolizes the baptism that now saves you. The washing with water, the Apostle Peter says, symbolizes the baptism that now saves you. Makes it very clear that he does not mean the baptism that removes dirt from the body, that that saves you, but that the baptism that now saves you is Christ's finished work. It points to the resurrection from the Lord who arose from the grave as one who was baptized arose from the water. If we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we confess him to be our savior, then by faith we are one with him and then we are baptized into his death and also into his resurrection. His death as payment for our sins become ours. His resurrection as a sign of his righteousness becomes ours. That's what baptism reminds and assures us of. Every time that we witness a baptism, we are reminded and assured that the Lord says to us, as surely as this water washes away dirt from the body, so surely washes my blood all your sins away. As surely as you bear the mark of the water of baptism upon your foreheads, so surely are you one with me. You're baptized into me. Does this outward washing with water itself wash away sins? No, for only the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit can cleanse us from all sins. That is the answer of the Catechism against the false teaching of the Roman Catholic Church regarding the sacrament of baptism. Now, it's sad to say, but it's true that there are even Reformed believers that have been taught the true biblical meaningfulness of the sacrament of baptism, but who, maybe not even intentionally, but nevertheless do not live according to that truth, according to the truth of the baptism. They, do, they go to church, but on weekday, weekdays they live, live so much the same as unbelievers do. The prayers are only formal. They seem to be not much interested to really know the gospel. Many of their worldly activities have priority in their lives and absorb their time. And so they are too busy. And they excuse themselves that they have no time for Bible study, no time for personal devotions, no time for the Lord. Just like those people in one of the Lord's parables, one had just bought a field and the other a yoke of oxen and the next one just married. How come that people that live like that still seem to believe that they, that they are okay? Well, the answer then must be, well, I'm baptized. I'm going to church. And what more does a person have to do? What a terrible mistake to make. Especially 
But God in his word calls his covenant people to seek him while he can be found. Strive to enter to the narrow door we saw this morning. He told them to ask, to seek and to knock. That's something different than just leaving it alone and trusting I'm baptized. They go to church. Many Christian parents faithfully teach their children that they are covenant children and that they therefore should also live as covenant children according to the Lord's commandments which by itself is good of course but why is it that not nearly as many parents are zealous in teaching the children the need of a new heart the need to be born again teaching that salvation is not in the walking the straight and the narrow but in being washed clean with the blood of Christ, by being born again. It is not true that the Lord himself in John 3, verse 3, warned Nicodemus, a man who had received the sign and the seal of God's covenant, a very religious man, a teacher in Israel, he said, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Shouldn't we be teaching that in the first place? brothers and sisters, to our, to our covenant children. Just to assume that the children are born again and that they have received a new heart and then pointing in the way of the obligations of the covenant, it, it's starting in the middle of the story. We need to start at the beginning. Otherwise, we, we too have a tendency to, do, to put too much on baptism. Parents who lead the children to Christ, should they notice that the children need a new heart? And that the Lord Jesus loves them. And that he will give it to them if they ask him for it. See, my parents, the most important thing that you should teach your children and that you should ask the Lord for to give to your children a new heart. A believer who sins I washed away with Christ's blood and spirit is not a person who is just doing certain religious things in certain times. But a person is not a person who keeps on trying to keep the law on his or her own. But he or she is a person who has received that new heart that loves the Lord Jesus Christ and is focused upon him. The trust in Christ's saving work. And so to live from grace only and then keeping the Lord's commandment become not a must, but a desire, a striving. And then also a failing and coming up short. And then baptism reminds you of Christ's work for you and assure you of Christ being at work in you. And that is then all such great comfort and assurance to you. So we confess with our catechism that baptism, the outward washing of water, does not save us. And that the inward washing with the blood of Christ does not automatically take place at the same moment of the outward washing. Because that's the teaching of the false church. 
Now all this does not mean that baptism therefore has no meaning. For to example, a new believer or a covenant child that receives baptism. And we look at this in our second point, that baptism is never meaningless. And so the, the question 74 asks, are infants to be baptized? And with this question, the catechism turns against those who pronounced the biblical covenantal administration of baptism meaningless. So who were that? Well, there were during the time of the Reformation people who very sharply reacted against the teaching of the Roman Catholic Church regarding the baptism of infants. They were very much aware that many of the children that had received baptism grew up as unbelievers, lived their life as unbelievers, and died as unbelievers. And so it was very obvious to them that baptism had not affected these people at all when they were baptized, no matter what the church said about it. That it could not possibly be true that those people could have been born again with a baptism. And so these people reacted against not so much what the Roman Catholic Church taught about baptism, but against the baptism of children. Because you could not possibly know if they later would believe in the Lord Jesus Christ or not. And so they decided that it was much better, and much more biblical also, not to baptize children any longer, but wait until these children would be able to show their faith by a godly walk of life, and, and, and that they then confess their faith, and then they should be baptized. And then they also decided that those people who were already baptized as little children, and who then wanted to join them, must confess their faith again, and then must be baptized again. Because their baptism was meaningless to begin with, they said. And that is why they were called the Anabaptists. The word Anabaptist means to baptize again. And these Anabaptists based their teaching upon scripture. They place it upon scripture places such as Mark 16 verse 16. But the Lord Jesus said, whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. In that order. And in Acts 16 we read about Lydia in Philippi that she believed and then was baptized. And about the jailer in Philippi the same thing. We read that he believed and he was also baptized then. So they came to the conclusion that one needed to believe in order to be baptized. There had to be a profession of faith as and a clear evidence of that faith in one's daily life before a person could be baptized, according to them. Now, it's not all wrong. It's pretty accurate. And biblical as far as it concerns adults who come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, they do professional faith and then they are baptized. But they went further. They went on to, to teach that people who were baptized already and children of believers 
should be baptized again too. Because such little children cannot possibly give a credible profession of their faith. And, and so such baptism of little children is according to them completely meaningless. That is very, very wrong. They believed any baptism before a confession of faith is meaningless. And the meaning, the word, the value of baptism hinge completely on the faith of the believer. They did not and still do not believe, the Baptist, that the Lord Jesus had replaced circumcision with baptism. That, that baptism was related to a covenant, an eternal covenant. Totally ignored the Lord's covenant promises in Genesis 17, we read that the Lord commanded Abraham that since he had made a covenant with Abraham and with his seed, that all newborn male children of eight days old must be circumcised. The sign of the covenant must be administered to children. And circumcision then was a sign and a seal, a reminder and an assurance of the covenant that God had made with Abraham and his seed. It's very clear also from Romans 4, verse 11, where we read, And he, Abraham, received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith before he was circumcised. And then we read in Colossians 2, verse 11 and 12, that the Holy Spirit teaches the Colossians believers and through them all New Testament believers as to that the, uh, teach about those who are baptized the following. It says, in him, that is in Christ, you were, baptized, you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. And what is that circumcision of Christ? Having been buried with him in your baptism, in which you were always also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised Jesus from the dead. So we know that circumcision has been replaced by baptism. And now since in Acts 2 verse 39, the Apostle Peter reaffirms to the New Testament believers and said, for the promise given to Abraham already, is to you and to your children. Since that is all there, we know that also our children must believe this, must receive the, the, the sign of baptism as a sign of the covenant. The Lord already made that covenant, the Lord already made with Abraham, who is the father of all believers, who is also our father. And nowhere do we read that in the New Testament, the covenant and its sign are not for children any longer. To the contrary. We see the Lord Jesus himself taking little children in his arms and very sternly admonish his disciples not to hinder the children to come to him. Because to such belongs the kingdom of God. And therefore the faith of the children is not and cannot be the ground for their baptism. The Baptists are wrong there. We believers, Abraham seed, baptized her children because the Lord said that the children of believers belong to his covenant. 
and therefore must receive that sign of the covenant. The Lord gave them also the promises and the warnings of the covenant. Without their knowledge, they are part of the curse which Abraham, our first father, which Adam, our first father, received for his disobedience, and also without their knowledge, they are engrafted in the covenant of grace. The redemption from sin and the Holy Spirit who works faith are promised to them no less than to the adults, says our catechism. And so we believe that the baptism of children. children of believing parents, is not meaningless. For these children receive by their baptism God's covenant promises, and they also at the same time receive great benefits. They may grow up in the shine of the Lord's friendly face. They have received from the Lord believing parents who will lead them to Christ and who teach them the ways of God's covenant. And the Lord has promised to bless this. You can read that in Deuteronomy 6. And now the question can be asked, does this then mean that all baptized children are guaranteed to be saved sometimes during their lives? No, it doesn't mean that. But if these children respond to their Christian upbringing and to the promises confirmed to them by their baptism, by they respond by true faith, then baptism reminds them of Christ's work for them and assures them that everything the Lord has promised is theirs. It is of course true that parents cannot give true faith to their children. But you know the Lord has promised that he will show steadfast love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep him and keep his commandments. And that counts also for Christian parents who strive to lead their children to Christ. Now let me close with Three things. First, boys and girls, listen good. You're baptized. And the Lord Jesus loves you very much. He has promised you great and awesome things. And he would have not done that if he didn't love you. The Lord also gives you an awesome gift by giving you believing parents who had you baptized and who are now leading you to God, to Christ. You see, there are millions of children in the world, and young people too, who never hear the gospel. Who have never heard, who have never learned about the Lord Jesus Christ. And you have been told many times that the Lord Jesus loves you. For you, dare I say it, for you that's normal. But that normal is actually super special. The Lord loves you. And so you may ask the Lord every day to make all his promises to you come true in your life. Tell the Lord every day that you love him and that you love to belong to him. That you love to do what he says. And that you want his father to be your heavenly father. And he will hear you. He loves you. He promised that he will hear you. the first thing second parents you have heard that you are a very important part of the great blessings that the Lord gave to your children 
Let that encourage you to always do everything in your power to be as much a blessing to your children as you possibly can. Ask the Lord every day to help you with this. Ask him to help you to be living examples to your children so that your children are able to see your faith, your joy, your peace, and your love for the Lord, that they may see their Savior in your life. Ask the Lord to bless your efforts and to forgive and to overrule your weaknesses and your shortcomings. And this is the last thing. Lastly, for those parents who have children, no wonder from the Lord. The leftist church, they reject the way in which they were raised. Parents do not give up. Do not ever give up hope. Keep those children as close to you as you can. Show them the love of Christ in how you deal with them. Always pray for them. Continue to plead upon the Lord's promises to them by their baptism. For their baptism is never meaningless. Amen.